Okay, we begin today the Gemara on Daphnun Gimel Amit Beis, five or six lines up from the bottom of the Amit. The Gemara here quotes what we learned in the Mishnah regarding a boy. When you dig a pit and there's a rabbim and someone falls in and gets damaged there. So what did the Mishnah say? If an ox walks and falls in with its utensils, so a shirt typically has in it a yoke or other kinds of utensils and it falls in and it breaks, so the Mishnah said, for the damage of the shayr itself, whether it got injured or died, yechayiv, but for the kalim that broke, for that yipata. So the Gemara here brings, masnisin deloi kerab Yehuda. This halacha, that for the kalim that broke, yipata, this doesn't follow like the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Tanya, because in Abraisa we learned, Rabbi Yehuda mechayiv al niske kalim babay. Rabbi Yudah says, just like the shayr that died, you have to pay for. So the same thing, the kalim that broke, you also have to pay for that. There's no, there's no difference. But the Rabbanan say, though, when it comes to kalim, this we had this throughout this Masechta. Kalim that break in a bar, you potter for that. So here, this is the Gemara where it's going to bring the source and the explanation of this Machlekes between the Rabbanan and Rabbi Yehuda, whether you chayef for kalim in the bar or potter. Says the Gemara, my time of the Rabbanan. What's the source of the Rabbanan's opinion? Where do we see in the Torah that you potter for kalim? Because the Amakra, the Pasuk says, that you dug a boy and then an axe or a, a donkey fell inside. So from this expression, Shoyer and Chamer, what do we learn out? Shoyer is Veloy Adam. Shoyer says only an axe, but not a person. If a human being falls into the boy and he dies. Specifically, the, the human being is, is you potter only if he dies. We had already before in the Masechta, if a person gets injured in the boy, you archive. Chamer, Veloy Kalim. When it says a donkey, that is, it's extra. Why does the Torah have to spell this out? So it's saying chamer and not kalim, not vessels. If vessels fall in and break, you're going to be potter. That's the Rabbana. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says though, oi, when it says the word oi, it says shayr oi chamer. So the word oi is l'rabis is a kalim. That extra word is coming to say to include it for kalim as well, yechayv. It could have said shayr ve chamer. And even with the Vav, we would know that it's Shair or Chamer. But it says the word Oy, to say, the word oy that is to say, to include even Kalim. Vera Bonon. But Rabbana say no, the word Oy is actually written there. Oy mi The word Oy is necessary to divide. That you shouldn't think the only Chayev, if a Shair and a Chamer fell in, but the Oy is coming to be Machalik to say that Shair or Chamer. So the word Oy is not extra. Taisus here actually brings us a discussion about this in other places in Shas regarding the word Oy. Sometimes the word Oy, the Gemara says, is needed to be Mechalik, sometimes not. Upon him here, the Gemara says that the word Oy is needed to be Mechalik. So you can't learn out from it to include Kalim. But Rabbi Yehuda, Lechalik, so according to Rabbi Yehuda, doesn't he agree to this concept that the word Oy is needed to divide, Shur from the Chamar, so how can you learn to be Marba Kalim? So Rabbi Yehuda says, no, this to learn how to be mechalik, the Ichayev, for Shred itself, or for Chamer itself, mi v'nofal nafke. He learns it from the fact that it says in the Pasuk a singular term, v'nofal, that it fell in. If it would be Shred and Chamer together, it should use a plural term. So from that I know that it's one alone. Ve'erabonon, the Rabbanon argue in this, and they say, no, you can't learn it out from v'nofal. Because v'nofal, even though it uses a singular term, tuva mashma. The title would use a singular term, even if it means the Shred and the Chamer. Rashi brings examples for this. One example Rashi brings is Va'asa Betzal Valiyev. When they built the Mishkan, it says Va'asa, even though it's talking about Betzal and Aliyev. Other examples Rashi brings. So Benafa could be going on both. So you need the Oy to be Mechalik. Okay, but now the Gemara asks another question. But Eime, why shouldn't I say as follows? When the Pasik says you dug the Bayer and then Venafal, something fell in, that's a klal. 
That's, that includes everything. No matter what falls in, you should be responsible. Then the Pasuk says, Shoyer v'chamoyer, specifies specifically an ox or a donkey. That's a prat. The Torah is specifying dafke this. Now what's the rule when the Torah says first a klal, and then it specifies a prat? The rule is klal uprat, eim b'chlal elam b'frat. Because the Torah first writes a klal and then it writes a prat, it specifies what it, the prat that it's saying is defining and explaining the klal. And the halacha of the klal is only what there is in the prat. Therefore, shoveh so now that the Torah is specified specifically an ox or a donkey, so it's only this, midyachirin eloi, but anything else that falls into bar, into the bar, that is, you should be potter. So we shouldn't be excluding only Adam or Kalim, we should ex- be excluding everything. This is the prat that the Torah says, it's just this. So Amri, to this day, answered and said, no, afterwards, when the Pasuk continues and says, Baal Haber Yishalem, that the one that dug the bird, he has to pay, Chazavakolal, the Yishalem, Baal Haber Yishalem is again using a more general, inclusive term, which means you pay for everything. So now there's another klal. So here, what this is, is, is a klal, Prat klal. First you have the klal of Nafal, then the Prat of Sharon Chamer, and then you have again the klal of, that you have to pay for everything. Now, what's the, how do you understand the Torah when it says a klal aprat a klal? So then the rule is, So then we're going to say that, the, that we don't say that the prat defines the klal, that it's only the prat excluding everything else. The fact that it wrote a klal again comes to say that, no, we're going to be marbe, more than just the prat. So then why did the Torah write the prat in the middle? To say that what will marbe has to be similar to the prat. But it's not only the prat, but what's similar to the prat. Now, what does it mean similar to the prat? Just like the Prat over here when it says so that's animals. So therefore from here we know that that fall into the bear, you're going to be Chayev. And therefore that includes Adam or Kalim. Adam not Balechayim or Kalim not Balechayim. Well, not a, he's more than a Balechayim. He's a human being. He's alive, but he's a human being. It's not a Balechayim. It's not, it's not Daimit to Sharon Chamer. For the Gemara asks on this Klal Prat Klal, if that's the drasha that the Rabbanon are learning out, if so, maybe we should say that the Ke'en HaPrat is actually more limited. Okay, and the point here is it has to be similar to the Prat. But how do you know exactly in what sense it has to be similar? Maybe I should say as follows. Ima Prat Mufurish. Just like you see, what's the Prat? The Torah is specifying it's a Dovar, it's something, an ox or a donkey, Shinevlosa Metame, that the dead carcass of a Shoyer or a Chamoyer, will make you tomei b'mage or b'masa, whether you touch it or whether you carry it. That's the halacha of any behemoth that, 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 that's dead, no, but the nevela, that you become tomei mage or masa. So afkol, maybe I should say, when are you chayv if you fall into a boyer? Only something, dovosh, and if it's something that if it's dead, then you become tommy if you touch or carry it. But if so, when it comes to birds, like birds, so over there, the Allah is that you only tome by a nevela of a bird if you eat it. Not if you touch it or you carry it. By a bird, the Torah says the Lashon of Achila. So maybe that would mean that any kind of chicken or anything like that that, that went that fell into the bird and dies, maybe you should be part of that. Because it's, it, maybe that's the kind of prat. It has to be like this detail as well. That the, the halacha of Tumah is the same like Sher and Chamer. So the Gemara says, no, we could still say it's a klal, a prat, a klal, but... In Cain, if it's coming to exclude birds, he's saying that the Ke'en prat has to be mamish to this extent in the Indian of Tumah as well, but if so, Nichtav Rachmanachat Prata. The Torah could have just written one Prat. The Torah could have written either just Shair or just Chamayr. 
So, so therefore, the fact that the Torah writes both Shoir and Chamoir, so therefore I say that the Ke'ena Prat is not so limited. It doesn't mean that it has to be Ke'ena Prat, it has to be a Balchai, and it has to have the Allah of Tumah similar to it. Just enough the fact that it's a Balchai, and therefore in that, Oifis are in- included as well. But the Gemara doesn't accept this answer, because the Gemara says, you can't say that the Torah should write only Shoir or only Chamoir. Hi Nichtev, which only one are you saying that the Torah should write? If the prat that the Torah would write would be only shayr, then I would actually go ahead and say that the ke'ena prat would even be more limited. Maybe I would say, hava mine, that what's unique about a shayr? Why is the Torah choosing the prat of a shayr? That kar of lagabim is bayachin. If it's something that's similar to the shayr in this prat, that it can be brought as a carbon on the mizbeach, for that yichayv. Shayna kar of lagabim is but if it can't be brought as a carbon loy, you're not going to be chayv if it falls into the bayr. That's if the Torah would write shayr alone. I would say maybe the Kana Prat is including this Prat as well. On the other hand, because of Rahmana Khamir, if the Torah would write only Khamir, then I would say Hava Mine Kodesh Bibukhaira in. What's unique about a Khamir is that the firstborn of a Khamir, there's the din of Petah Khamir, the halach that you have to redeem it, it has a kadusha of the, the firstborn. She'en Kaddish B'b'chayra loy. But any animal that does not have the halacha of a chamayr, like a chamayr, maybe the halacha if it falls into a pit, you should be potter. Maybe that's what the Kana Prat includes. So you can't, the Torah couldn't write just Shair or just Chamayr, because then maybe I would interpret the Ke'ena Prat differently. I would say maybe it has to be Ke'ena Prat in these details here. So therefore, the Gemara now has Charata of what it just said. The whole Arichis of here that it just said, that what we have over here is a Klal, a Prat, a Klal. The Gemara says, no, this is not a Klal, a Prat, a Klal. Ella rather, from where do I know to say that uh, I include, um, I include in it, even other things, not only the shayr and the chamayr, right? The Gemara's question was, maybe I should say that you have the klal, and then you have a prat, shayr and chamayr. How do I know that it's anything other than the shayr and the chamayr? Not because it's a klal, a prat, a klal, but for another reason. Because there's a ribu here in the Pasuk. Elo'om akra, the Pasuk afterwards says, v'ameis yeloi. V'ameis yeloi means whatever died, then belongs to the person that, uh, that, died, that died for him, the, the owner of the shayr, chamayr, whatever fell in, v'ameis yeloi. Now, when the Torah writes these words, what is it coming to say? Anything that falls in and dies, you'll be chayi for that. So therefore, that's not only a shayr and chamayr. So we don't dash in klal prat, we have a ribu here. This ribu says, not only the shayr and the chamayr, but anything that could die. So therefore, that's any kind of animal, even a bird as well, any kind of chaya that falls in. Okay, the Gemara is going to explain. One second, let's see. The Gemara could have asked that, but the Gemara asks, uh, one second, let's see. The Gemara asks another question here. So, the Gemara, now, if, if you say that you have a Pasik that's being Marbe, you source to be Marbe more than Shein and Chamoir, even though that's a Prat, is because it says, Vamesi Eloi. But if so, why would we think that you should be Chayav on Kalim? Bein le Rabbanon, the Kamimaitel, le Kalim. Whether according to the Rabbanon that say that we learn out from Shoir to be Mimayat Kalim, Right, so so after has this ribui, we still say that the Torah wrote Shair and Chamer according to the Rabbanon, Shair to be Memayat Kalim and Chamer to be Memayat Adam. So the Gemara asks, to Shair being Memayat Kalim, why do I need Shair to be Memayat Kalim? It's not a Debar Mace, it's not something that can die. So I don't need something to be Memayat, it's never included in the first place. Obey, Rabbi Yehuda, the Kamar Bilul Kalim. Rabbi Yehuda says, you learn that from the extra word, Oi, to be Marbe Kalim. What do you need a special ribui for? There's, there's, um, sorry, how, how could you say that there is a ribu to be Marba Kalim? Kalim b'nei misininu. If the Torah clearly writes afterwards, I may see a loy, which is saying only something that dies, so oi can't be coming to be Marba, something which doesn't die, which is Kalim. 
So this drasha to say that we learn out from Vamesi Eloi is a contradiction to the whole point of Kalim, whether according to the Rabbanon, whether according to Rabbi Yehuda. So the Gemara says, Omri, so the answer to this question, no, but there is a concept of Misa by Kalim. Not in the literal sense that it dies, but shvirasan zuimisasan. When the kalim break, that's the death of the keli. The life of the keli is the usage of the keli. When the keli is broken, that's the death of the keli. So therefore, you do need a drasha to be marbe kalim, or, or, or you, you could be marbe kalim, that is, or you need a drasha to be mamayat kalim. So that's not a question. Now the Gemara interjects now with another Indian over here, based on what we learned before about how do we define the chiv of bar, uh, define the chiv of bar. Why you chai when something falls into a bar? So now, Rav, the Omar, we learned before, Rav's opinion is, bar shachai all of Torah. When you fall into a bar, why is the one that dug the bar chai for this? So Rav says, The reason for the chiv is not the impact on the ground, because that's a grama. That ground is there from the karka ilam. It's the hevel. It's the fumes <coughs> that causes the animal not to be able to, uh, to, to position itself. That's, that's the reason why you chai. So now the question is, how would this apply to Kalim? Bein le Rabbanon, bein le Rabbi Yehuda, whether according to the Rabbanon that says that we're excluding Kalim, whether according to Rabbi Yehuda that says, no, we're being marbe Kalim. What do you need an exclusion or how could you be marbe Kalim? Kalim b'nei havleninu. Do the Kalim that fall in get affected by the heaven, by the hevel, by the bad environment in the bar? By a shor, chamer that falls in, you could say that the hevel affects it negatively, but how, how do Kalim get affected by the hevel of the bar? So the Gemara says, yeah, the Hevel could affect the, bar, the, the Kalim of the bar. Not all Kalim, but some Kalim. Omri, they said, Bechadeti, if you have Ranu Kalim, the Mipaki Mahavla. It could burst from the Hevel, from the bad environment in the, with the ear, the fumes in the bar. It will cause these Kalim to burst. Hmm. So therefore, in such a case, you're going to be high for the damage of the Kalim of the bar. Okay, but now the Gemara though comes back to the drasha that it said before. So what did we explain when the Torah says, even though it may seem like is a prat and everything else is excluded. But we said no. is the ribu to say that anything that's the bar misa is going to be included as well. But the Gemara asks, that can't be the source because these words are not extra words to come and be marble more things here. We need the Vamesi Eloi for a different Rasha. Look at the Rava as Rava already dashed. The Oma Rava Rava said, Shur Psulei Amagdashin Shanafal Abir. A Shur that was Pasal Hektish and it was already redeemed. But the Allah is after Psulei Magdashin is redeemed, the owner can't do with it whatever he wants. As we learned already before, Rasha brings this in Daphne Gimelamid base. And Shanafal Abir fell into the Bir. And you're going to be Potter for the damages. And the source is Shanemar Vahames Yi Eloi. Only when the maze, bimisha maze shaloi, only when the owner of this shirt, for example, that fell in, if he can keep the shirt for himself and do with it whatever he wants, then the balabar is high for this. But if a shirt that's a psuli amigdashin that was redeemed, then you just have to bury it. You can't just give it to animals to eat, to a dog to eat, to do with it whatever you want. In such a case, you're going to be potted. That's what you're dashing from these extra words. So you can't say that the drasha is going on what we said before to be marbe more than just shir and chamay. <clears throat> so therefore the Gemara concludes with another pshat. Elo makra, therefore the Gemara says, where do we know that we are marbe more than just shir and chamay? And we don't treat it as a klal, uprat, because the Pasuk says, kesef yoshev lebolov. Yet you should return the value, the money of what the damage that happened there to its owner. And this is lerabah, is called the isle bailam. So anything that falls in, that has an owner that owns this and you causes him a loss of money, you have to pay for this. That's what we learn from Kesav Yashul So we know from this, it's not only Shor and Hamar. 
Kesef, whatever has a value for, for the owner. So the Gemara asks, If so, that should apply to Kalim and Adam as well. The person injures himself and there's a loss in his value or the Kalim that he owns. So over here, you should also have to pay for this. But the Gemara says, no. For that, we have the Miut. The fact that the Torah chooses to write it in this way. On one hand, it does write a Prat. On the other hand, it later writes Kesev Yashul which means to pay for everything. So Kesev Yashul Abalov is coming to say that you have to add more, but then from Shair and Chamoy, the fact that the Torah specified those two, we still are going to be Mamayit, like Rabbanan said, Shair V'layodam and Chamoy V'layodam. Oh, now the Gemara asks, after all of this, so according to Rabbi Yehuda, all the Rabbi Yehuda, the Kamar B'luhul L'Kalim, according to Rabbi Yehuda that says that we're going to be Mar B'Kalim as well, from the word Oi, <coughs> or uh, maybe now from, from this that it says Kesav Yashav Labalov, so according to Rabbi Yehuda, we're Mar that it includes Kalim as well. So now Bishlam is the fact that the Torah specified Shoir, so Mamayit Be'yodam, that Rabbi Yehuda agrees, that it comes to exclude that a person that falls into a bird and dies, the Balabar is potter. But according to Rabbi Yudha, what are you going to be memayat from the word chamayir? He doesn't hold of the miyot of kalim, so why is the Torah specifying a chamayir? So the Gemara concludes regarding this, When the Torah writes the word chamayir, according to the opinion of Yehuda here, and the Gemara here now brings another example, of an extra word that we don't know what the drasha is, and viseh the aveda. When the Torah speaks about the halachas of an aveda, you have to return, and the Torah over there specifies kisira chamoyer and oiseyoy nidochim. It says over there the lashon of sand, the Torah. The divrei akol. That's not only according to Rabbi Yudah, that according to everybody, kasha. This remains a question, and we don't know what the drasha of the extra word chamoyer is, or what the drasha is from the extra word said that it says by aveda. Okay. It's interesting that the Gemara finishes off with the word Elo here. Elo Amarove. What, what's this Elo? Elo usually means the Gemara is having Charata from what it said before. Mm-hmm. Seemingly, it's not having Charata from what it said before. The Gemara is just concluding the whole Indian that according to Rabbi Yehuda, the, he doesn't hold Chamarva like Kalim, so that remains unanswered. Okay, going back to what it said in the Mishnah. That falls into a bayr. So for this, the Bala bayr is going to be Chayev. So the Gemara explains what this means. My How do you simply translate these words? The ax If you'll say the meaning is as follows. Not that the shayt itself is a shayt of the cotton, but a shayt that's owned by a shayt of the cotton. And then the Pasuk is saying, or the Mishnah is saying, that then you'll be chayiv. So what would that mean? If the shirt that fell into the bar was owned by a regular healthy person, potter, in such a case, you're going to be potter. That's the distinction that the Mishnah is making. How could you, why should you make such a distinction? Rashi says, Bitmiya, where, where do you find in the Torah that it makes a distinction between a cheresh of a shirt of a cotton, again, a shirt that is, of a cheresh of a cotton, or a shirt of a pikeach that falls in, that there should be any distinction? Oh, and the Mepharshim Taka say that, that by the Misvara, maybe you, there would be a Svara to be Mechalek. By a Shair of a Chere Shait of a Cotton, because a Chere Shait of a Cotton can't guard their Shair, mm-hmm. so therefore you can't say it's his fault that it fell in, so the Baal Bar is high for that. A Shair of a Pikeyach, the Pikeyach should be watching his Shair. So that's where the Baal Bar is potter. Misvara, you could be Mechalek. But still, it, it's a Chiddush, 
And in the Pasik, there's no remes for this distinction. And, and if so, the Gemara wonders that if there's no remes in the Pasik for such a thing, then we, we can't make this distinction on our own, Miswara. So therefore the Gemara says, Amar Rabbi Yechenin, the Pshar of here is Shor Shuhu Cheresh, Shor Shuhu Shaita, and Shor Shuhu Katan. We're talking about a Shor which is a deaf mute, not that deaf mute, <laughs> a Shor that's deaf, and, or a Shor which is a Shaita, or a Shor which is a Katan. How do you define a Shor which is a Katan? So one of the Rishayim say that a Shor that's a Katan is a Shor that can't uh, do any work in a field yet, it can't plow yet. A Shor that's very, very young, it was just born, it can't plow. That's a Shor that's a Katan. Okay, but now the Gemara asks on this a similar question. Gemara doesn't accept this either. The Gemara says, Oh, Shur, Shuhu, Pikeyach, Pater. Does that mean that a Shur, which is a smart Shur, and it, 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 it knows where it's going, so then if it falls into the bar for that, you would be Pater? Gemara also wonders about this. Why, why, how can we make such a, such a distinction? So the Gemara says, Omer Yirmiya, so Rabbi Yirmiya actually says, the way to understand the Mishnah is as follows. Loimi Boyakama. The Mishnah over here is actually coming to say a bigger Chiddush. That meaning, needless to say, in a case where it's a smart shayr, the chayev, that if it falls into your bayr, that you're going to be chayev for this. But if the shayr is itself, in such a place, in such a case that is, the balabar could come and argue and say, why should I be responsible? This is something that's unusual. The fact that this shayr itself is deaf or it's, it's a, or something, whatever else it is, the fact that it's so young, that was great that it fell in, and therefore the balabar could say that I'll be potter for this. The Mishnah is coming to say that Yechayev also for a shayr which is chayr of the cotton. Not only if a smart shay falls in, for sure you're going to be responsible. You chayev even for a, a shay that's a chayev shay to the cotton. That's Rabbi Yirmiya's pshat. But the Gemara is going to refute this as well. Omle Ravacha le Ravine. Ravacha asks Ravine, but Vatanya, in a Braise we learned as follows. Nafal toichoi bar das potter. If what fell into the bird is a bar das, then bar das has awareness, you're going to be potter. So now the question is, what is this Baraisa referring to, saying that if it's a Bardas, you put it. My love, don't you think it's talking about a Shoir Bardas? Not like Rabbi Yirmiya that said that if you chayef for a Shoir, which is a Cher, a Shoir to the cotton, you for sure chayef for a Shoir, which is a Pikeach. Shoir Pikeach, a smart Shoir. A Shoir that's a Bardas is the same thing. But if you hear the Baraisa says, no, a Shoir that's a Bardas, you put it. Amalei, sort of an answer. This is not a question on Avinet because we could say, that, it's not talking about a shayr which is a bardas. Adam, it's talking about a person that's a bardas. A person which is a bardas that falls into the bar, the balabar is potter. But the Gemara asks on this pshat, elamayato, so the, if so, what does that mean? You have to understand from this braise that a Adam bendas, who the potter. A person that's, that's sane, healthy, and he's a bendas, so if he falls into your bar, you're potter. Halav bendas, who the chayev. But a person that falls into your bar and he has no das, he's a cotton or he's a shayte, so then you are going to be chayev. But that can't be. The Torah says, any human being in any condition that falls into your bar, you're always going to be potter. So that can't be the pshat and the b'raise. So the Gemara says, oh, we could still say that it refers to a human being when it says here, bendas. But what it means is, elamai bendas, min bendas. A human being, which is from the species. In other words, a human being is someone that usually has das. So a human being that usually has das, if he falls in, even if he doesn't have das, we learn out uh, that he's, you're always going to be potter. That's what this Braise is saying. So this Braise is not a question on Abiyamiya. 
But the Gemara brings from another Braisa, Omalei, Ravach is still asked him. But Vatanya, in another Braisa, it says, That here it clearly spells out that if the Shoyer is a Bendas, this is a smart Shoyer that falls in, for that you're going to be Potter. So I could have you say that our Mishnah is saying that for sure you're going to be Chayev for the Shoyer that's a Pekeach. It's coming to say that you even Chayev also for the Shoyer which is a Chayev Shoyer of a Cotton. So therefore the Gemara concludes, like the original, like, like the shot that I wanted to say before, that no, we are making a distinction between a shir, which is a cherish to the cotton, and a shir, which is a smart shir. Hello, Marave, like we said before, shir v'hu cheresh, shir v'hu shayte, shir v'hu cotton, dafke. Then, only then, a shir, which is a cherish to the cotton that walks into your buyer, then the bala buyer is going to be chayev. Avo shir v'hu pikeyach, but if this is a smart shir that fell into the buyer, then potter, then you're going to be potter for this. My time, why in such a case are you potter? Because the boyle iyuni umezel. Because the shayr is expected to see where it's going. And if it walks straight into a boy, even though it sees the boy there, this is something which is completely unusual for a shayr to do. And in such a case, you're going to be potter. <coughs> this is, this is the kanira, this is for the Gemara, such a strong swara, even though there's no remez in the pasuk for this distinction. But this is such a strong swara that the Gemara says, a shayr that walks into a boy, it's the fault of the shayr. The shayr should have looked where it's going. Tesis actually points out, there's a Tesis earlier in the Masech there about this. It's interesting that in this case, we actually say that a shayr is expected to see more where it's going, even more than a human being. By a human being, the Gemara said before in Perekamaniach, when a person bumps into, the, into something, we don't say that he has to see where he's going. A person doesn't necessarily see where he's going. But by the shayr, we say that the shayr has to see where he's going. And if he walks into the bar, the balabar is potter. So there's two reasons that explain the difference. Why a shayr has more awareness of the human being that one answer is because, yeah, the shayr, its eyes is always looking downward. So it sees the bird right where, where it's going. It's going to naturally walk around the bird. A human being, though, is looking straight ahead. It doesn't necessarily see the bird right? that's right over there on the ground in front of him. Another shot I think the Me'iri says is a human being is occupied in his machshavis and his daigis, so he doesn't necessarily see the bird that's right in front of him. A behemoth is not occupied in its daigis. What does it know? It knows where it's walking. That's what it sees. That's what it knows. Not, nothing more. So that's something that the, that the shayr should see. So therefore, you put it for, 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 for that when the shayr walks into the bar. Very interesting. Okay, the Gemara brings a brayse. Tanya nami hachi. The brayse says the same thing. We had this brayse quoted before already. A shayr which is a cheresh to the cotton, or it's blind, or it's walking at night. Chayiv. So for this, it's going to be chayiv. Pikeach. If the shayr is a pikeach, it's a smart shayr. Mahalach bayoyim, and it's walking by day. So then, for this, you're going to be potter. Okay, this is exactly like this pshat that it said over here. Okay, there's, there's more gemaras there if you want to take a gemara from the shelf. Now, this is going back to the point that we learned before regarding a shayr that falls into a boy. So when it says shayr in the Mishnah, it's not only a shayr. This could be a shayr, or any other animal that falls into the, into the boy, as we already darshaned before. So now this, that we say that when it says shayr, by the, by the bird. It's not only shayr, it's any other animal as well. This is true regarding falling into a bird, the responsibility of the bala bird to pay. And now here, the Mishnah is going to bring a bunch of different cases in the Torah where it talks specifically about one kind of animal. It says shayr or so on, but it still includes any kind of behemoth. First thing it brings here is by the halacha, by har sinai, when the, the, the Torah says, that nobody should go up to the mountain. So over there, the Pasuk says the Lashen, Regarding the behemoth, it says only one kind of a behemoth. It says over there, in behemoth, ish. So oh, it says behemoth. Truth is, it says behemoth. So that includes any kind of behemoth. But 
how do you know that it includes not only behemoth, but it also includes chaya and oif, don't allow your birds or your chayas to go onto the Har Sinai. So the Har Sinai over there as well. Now, Tlashlume Kefal. So over here, by paying the halacha of Kefal, this is something we're going to learn later in the Masechta. So over there, the Pesach says, So how do we know that there it includes any animal? And not only any animal, not only any behemoth that is, but even Chay and Oif as well. To pay kefal when you steal, that is. The halacha of paying kefal is when you steal and you have to pay back double. When it comes to returning an Aveda, over there, the Teireh, we had the Pasuk Rashi quoted before, it says Seh, but nevertheless, it includes any animal, any Chay and so on. Leprike, the halacha of Azif Tazev wherever there the Teireh talks about Chamer, if a donkey is, is under its load, and you have to help unload it and, and so on and lift up the Chamer. Includes any kind of animal. L'chasima. The halach of chasima is an animal that's threshing in the field. You're not allowed to muzzle it, even though the pasuk there says shir, but it includes really every animal. Same same thing with l'klayim. L'klayim, we'll see in the Gemara, there's two types of klayim. Simply klayim is uh, not allowing, there's the halach of klayim, of behem tuchal loisarbiya klayim, not to crossbreed, to have to cohabit two different kinds of animals. That's one kind of climb. Another kind of kind of climb. Rashi here brings is leisachrish b'sher b'chamer. That in plowing in the field, a donkey and an ox can't plow together. Mm-hmm. So even though the Torah specifies only behema or only sharin chamer, how do I know that it includes everything? And the Shabbos, <clears throat> when it comes to the isa of Shabbos, the Torah says l'man yenuach shercha that your ox and donkey shouldn't work on Shabbos. So it includes all behemoths and the chen chayev oif chayetzeben. Not only it includes in all these cases, it includes all kinds of behemoths and it also includes the wild beasts and birds as well. That, that the halachas by all these cases it includes everything. So now imkein lomen So if in all these cases, as the gemara here is going to dashen, it includes everything. So then why does the Torah specify specifically shayr or chamayr? Ela shadiber akasav behaveh. In some, in many of these cases, we don't have any drasha, but diber The pasuk is just saying This is what's usual, and therefore the pasuk uses this expression. Okay, this yeah, this is maybe the pshat for Rabbi Yehuda. I think some mafarshim say this befeish regarding what the Gemara said before El Rabbi Yehuda Kashya that by Rabbi Yehuda we don't have a drasha for the word chamayr. The Gemara is saying Kashya, but the Gemara really means that Rabbi Yehuda had a kabbalah that the word chamayr has no drasha. It's like like it says over here diber There is no drasha from the word chamayr. Yeah, it's not really a kashit. The Gemara is just saying, Rabbi Yudha Ara Kabbalah, that that remains, we leave it as is. We don't dash on anything from there. Okay, so here the Gemara brings the drushes for all of these cases. Where do we see that it includes Behemah, Chaya, Oif, even though the Torah specifies just one? It's like the Gemara in the by the Bayer. This is the drush we already said before. Kest of Yashav Lobal of Ksiv. When the Torah writes, you have to return the value of the loss to its owner. That means, call this Lebailim. Any, anything that has value to an owner, you have to return. So that's not only the Shayr and Chamayr, it's any other kind of Behemah, Chay or Oif. Kedamon, as we said before already. La Froshes Har Sinai, how do we know that it includes more than what the Pasuk just says? It says, in Behemah, im Ish, lo Yichyeh. A man or Behemah that goes up in the mountain will not live. And Vechayah, Bechlau Behemah. We have a rule, whenever the Torah uses the term Behemah, a Chaya, a wild beast is included in that. And then, when it says im, the word im beheme, so that's extra word, l'rabis esayifis. That includes even birds that go up on the mountain, will also not live. L'tashluv mekeifel, how do we know by geneve, when you have to pay back double? How do we know that it includes everything? Tekidah mrinon, like we learn out from the Pasuk that it says, al kol duvar pesha. So over there, this is actually talking about a shaymer. 
And here, by the Shaymer, there's a similar halacha that could apply, like by a Ganev, if a Shaymer is guarding something, and then the owner asks it back from him, and he claims that he doesn't have it, and really he's stealing it, that's the same like a Ganev. And there the Titus specifies, Kol Dvar Pesha, Klal, that includes everything, Kol Dvar Pshia, anything that you are negligent on, which means over here in this case that you're pining that you don't have it, then really you're stealing it. So the halacha of paying Kefal will apply here as well. How do I know that it includes not only the set that the Titus says, but any kind of animal? Because it says, That includes everything. To unload the animal that Azif Tazivimai, how do I know it includes more than just the Chamer? Even though it says, Yalev, Chamer, Chamer, Mishabbos. We learn out what it says here, Chamer, and Chamer from Shabbos. We're going to bring that by Chamer of Shabbos, it includes everything. By the muzzling a, a, a cow that's threshing in the field, how do you know that it's in any kind of animal? Yalif shur shur mishabbos. It says here shur, and by shabbos itself, the man yenuach shur So we learn out from just like by shabbos it includes everything here as well. It's every kind of animal. Lekilayim. How do I know by the halacha of kilayim that it includes more than just what the pasuk says? So here, as I mentioned, there's two types of kilayim. Climb the Kharisha if we're talking about the Kalayim of plowing, two animals plowing together. So Yalif Shur Shur Mishabis. So by plowing together it says Lisakrish Bishur of a Khamir. So I compare the Shur of ear to the Shur that it says by Shabbos. If it's the Kalayim that it says by Arba, so by Baharba, by, by cross breeding, the Titus says Behemtuchal, Lysarbiya Kalayim. So Yalif Behemtucha Behemtucha Mishabis. We learn out the term Behemtucha that it says here. Also from the term Behemtucha it says by Shabbos. So we learn out from there that uh, it includes everything. So now, if all of these are learned out from Shabbos, now the Gemara brings what it says by Shabbos. The Gabe Shabbos Minola, and how do I know by Shabbos that it includes everything? In the first Asadis Adibris, which is in Parshish Yisrael, there it says that regarding resting on Shabbos, Avdocha, Vamascha, or Behemtocha. You slave, your maidservant, and animals. That's it. Here it says much more. An axe, a donkey, and all your behemoths. <coughs> so the question is, Shayr is included in, in Kol Behemoth, that is. When it says, doesn't that include everything? So why does the title specify separately Shayr Vachamayrcha? The answer is, it has to, this has to include something more. It's coming to say, over here, when it says Sher and Chamer, it's coming to say any living being, like a Sher and Chamer, so it includes a Chai and Oif that's similar to it. And the Gemara is soon actually going to explain exactly how we learned this out, that it includes more. So, from, where, from here we learn out that anytime it says Sher and Chamer, it includes also Chai and Oif as well. Okay, but the Gemara now asks, let's understand this. How do we know that it includes more over here by Shabbos? So, why shouldn't I say as follows? By the first Aseris Adibris, over there it just says, And that's a klal. Behemtucha would include any kind of animals. And then in the second Aseris Adibris, it says, That's specifying the Behemtucha that it says in the first Aseris Adibris, that it's the Shayr and the Chamer, an ox and a donkey. So, so maybe we should apply here the rule, like we had in Amad Aleph. When the Torah writes a klal, then it writes the prat. The prat is specifying that it's only the prat and not anything else. What has to rest on Shabbos? Only a sher and not anything else. This is an interesting klal of prat. Usually in the Torah you don't find such a thing that you make a klal of prat from 
one place in the Torah to another place in the Torah. It's usually only in the same Pasik. But the Asadis is the first and the second Asadis is the Mepharshim Yosef, considered to be like one Parsha, because it's they, they were both said, B'dibur Echot. So the Gemara says, so Omri, they explain that over here it's not just a Klal Prat. Then the Torah says, V'chol behem tocho, the Dibri Yisachreinus. Then afterwards, in the second Dibri, when it adds again, V'chol behem tocho, Chaza v'kolal. Now there's another Klal. So this is a Klal, Uprat, Uklal. So then I say, So in such a case, I don't say we exclude everything that's not in the Prat. We say that it has to be similar to the Prat. What does it mean similar to the Prat? This is the point we said before. Ma Prat Mufurish Pali Chaim. Just like the Prat, which is the Sharon Chamoir, it's a living being, and a Balchai, Avkol Balichayim. So that's all kinds of Balichayim, and therefore it includes a Chaya and an Oif as well. But the Gemara is going to refute this. The Gemara doesn't accept this drasha. Here it goes through a similar Shaklavataria that we had in Amar Aleph. But Veime, why shouldn't I say, Maha Prat, if you're saying that it has to be similar to the Prat, maybe this is even more limited. Maybe I should say, Ma prat mefurish, dovashin of losim etame b'mago b'masa, af kol dovashin of losim etame b'mago b'masa. As we explained in Amar Aleph, that a behema or a chaya is metame, if you touch it or you carry it, aval oifis loy. But when it comes to birds, maybe that's not included because it's not similar in this sense. By birds, you only become tummy if you eat it. So therefore, you, the klal of prat can't include everything, can't include birds. So Omri, but to this the answer would be similar to what we said in Amar Aleph. So then the Torah should have just written one prat. Why does it write both? But the Gemara refutes this as well because the Gemara asks, "Hi Nichter, if you're saying that it should write only one, which one should it write? If it would only write one, then the Ke'ena Prat would actually become even more limited. Because then I would say, If it would only write As we learned right in Amar Aleph, that only like a Shoyed that's brought on the Mizbeach, for this you have to rest on Shabbos. But if it's not brought on the Mizbeach, you don't. So, so the Torah writes a donkey, which is not brought in the Mizbeach. And if we would only say only the one that has the kedusha of bechayr, like a chamayr, that has to rest on Shabbos, and not something that does not have it. So therefore, kasev rachmane, shayr, so Torah has to write shayr as well. So shayr is extra. So to say that not only the chamayr, but even anything, any both the shayr and the chamayr, <coughs> it has to end the shayr and the chamayr. Yeah, it has to rest on Shabbos. But the point is, things that can be offered. No, 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 no. These these are the things that have to rest on Shabbos. Yeah. So therefore, what the Gemara is saying is, you can't say that the fact that the Torah wrote Shoir and Chamoir is what indicates to me that the the Ke'enaprat does not have to be also in the aspect of Tumah. No, maybe it does have to be Ke'enaprat in the aspect of Tumah. And the fact that the Torah has to write Shoir and Chamoir both, that's to say that you don't even have a third limitation that has to be Karval Gabi Mizbeach. Or a chamayr that's that the kedusha b'chayre. So therefore, the Gemara actually re- has charote from this entire klala pratiklal. The Gemara says that's not what we're dashing, not the klala pratiklal. Ella says the Gemara. How do I know that I include more than just the shayr and chamayr? Because it says v'chol b'emtucha. In the second asaras adibris, it says the word v'chol. So ribuyu that the v'chol comes to add that not only a behema, not only the shayr and the chamayr, but it means any kind of living thing, a chaya or a oif as well. That's the drasha. Okay, now if that's the drasha, the word v'chol, the Gemara asks, v'chol, heichir, the katsar, rachmona, kol. Does that mean anytime the Torah writes this word kol, ribuyuhu, do I say that it's a ribuy? Which means that I do not darshan a klal, a prat, a klal? We have over here two options. We could darshan a klal, a prat, a klal, 
and then it has to be ke'en prat, and then it would not include birds, or I kedashim v'chol behemtucha, and it includes everything, even birds. So are you going to say that in such a case, when I have these two options, I dash in the v'chol to include even the birds? But the Gemara brings a similar example where you have these two options. By Maiser, the Pasuk says, Kol. Now, this is talking about Kesef Maiser. When a person wants to bring his Maiser Sheni to Yerushalayim, and you don't want to carry all the fruits, so what do you do? You redeem the fruits and you bring the money to Yerushalayim. Now, here the Pasuk says, the money that you bring to Yerushalayim, what do you buy with this money? You have to now eat in Yerushalayim the Kedusha over there with this money. But what could you buy from this money? So, we learned in the Braise as follows. <clears throat> the Tanya... You should give now the money. Should, in other words, you should buy with the money. So the Pasuk first says, Whatever your heart desires. So that's a clout. That means you can buy with your money anything. And then the Pasuk specifies, Specifically these things, cattle, sheep, wine, or beer. That's a prat. The Pasuk is very specific, what you could buy. And then it says, Whatever your heart desires. So this is a clout, a prat, a clout. And what do we learn out from this? So here we do dash in the cloud of Prat the cloud. We say, What could you buy with your money of Maiser? Only something which is similar to the Prat, which, which, which was specified here. And what is that? Ma Prat Pri Mipri. All the things that are specified over here, you have a fruit that comes from a fruit. What this means is one that comes from another, like by the cattle. You have the, the animals that are born from their, their mothers. Or you have the wine that comes out of grape, and the same also the beer that comes out of whatever the beer comes out of. So that's what's called primi pri. And also gidule karka. It has to be something that either grows from the ground or gets fed from the ground. Now you have what grows from the ground, and you also have animals that eat from the ground. Afkol, you can only buy with the money of the miser primi pri the gidule karka. That's the klala pratikla that we learn out over here. So now, what's the Gemara's question? But over there in the Pasuk, it says, Why are we learning out the Klala Prat You just said when you have the word Kol, we don't darshan the Klala Prat So over here it says, So we shouldn't darshan the Klala Prat We should include everything. You could buy any kind of food with the money of the Meister. So the Gemara says there's a distinction. Omri, they answered, Bakol, when it says the word, or Venesata Kesav, Bechol the word Bakol, Klola. Over here we still say it's part of the Klal, and we do Darshna Klala Prata Klal. But Kol, when it says over here by the Kol Behemtucha, by Aseris Adibris, the word Kol, that, not Bikol, but Kol, Ribuyu. That, that's Marba everything, and therefore we're Marba also Ephes. Or the Gemara says another answer, Really, the word call would also be part of the Klal Prata Klal. The reason over here by the Aseres Adibris, we have a, something that shows us that this call has to come and be Marbe. Why? Because we see here there's a difference between, between the Dibris Rishainis and the Dibris Achrainis. We should have said the word Behemtucha like the first Dibris. Most of the Aseris Dibris is exactly the same, word for word. The Kasa Vichol Behemtucha, and it changes from the Dibris Arishainis to the Dibris Achrainis, and it writes the word Kol, Shmami Naribuya. From that change, that shows you that over here the word Kol is coming to be Marbe. So the Gemara now concludes and says, and the Omret, now that you say and call Ribuyuhu, that the word call Behemtucha, that it says by the Aseris Adibris is Marbe, that any kind of animal, including a Chaya and a Oif, is not allowed to do any work for you on Shabbos. So if so, Behemtucha, the Adibris Arishaynis. So when the Torah says the word Behemtucha, specifically a Behemah, 
And then it says, V'sher v'chamayr, the Dibris Achreinis. And then in the second Dibris, it specifies an ox or a donkey. Lamali, why is the Torah saying this? If we know that it includes everything. So the Gemara answers, Omri, so this goes back to the point that we said before. The Torah is specifying these details in order to be able to compare and learn out to other cases. So they said as follows, Shoy, when the Torah writes here, Shoy, that's like Muri Shoy Shoy That's to learn out from this ox to the ox by the threshing that it includes everything. That's Gemara said before. And the same thing, Chamoy, when it writes here, Chamoy, like Muri Chamoy Chamoy Leprike, is to learn out from here the Chamoy when it comes to unloading the donkey. That it includes every kind of animal. And when it says, We're learning out from here to the, to the of Kalayim regarding the, the Isra of crossbreeding, the, 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 the Harba, that it includes everything. Now the Gemara asks on this, the last question here, going back to the Drasha that we said, Kol, so Kol over here includes everything. So if so, Adam, Litzer, so even an Adam should also be Aser. What this means is over here, the Pasuk says, if we're learning out from here, actually what the Gemara is asking over here is not just from the word kol. Rashi explains, what the Gemara is saying is, if you're going to learn out kalayim, it's going specifically on the last thing of kalayim. If we're learning out kalayim from Shabbos, and you're saying over here that you're not allowed to have a, a shirt and chamoyer to work to, uh, together, and that's learned out from here that it includes any kind of animal, but we should learn out from Shabbos that not only a shirt and chamoyer together are not allowed to plow in the field, but a human being that wants to plow in the field together with a shirt should also be aser. Mm-hmm. Similar to here, what does the Titus say over here? Over here, the Titus says, mm-hmm. So over here, it also says, which is your maidservant, your, sir, your, your, your slave. So mm-hmm. over here, you should say that it's the same thing by Kalayim that a man and a shoyer can't plow together. Mm-hmm. So why is it that we learned in the Mishnah, Adam Mutter in Kulan? A person is allowed to plow in the field together with an ox or together with a donkey. Mm-hmm. So again, to plow or to, to pull something, to do work together. We should learn out from Shabbos that that's not allowed. The Chachamim that came from Papanoi, a name of a place, they know the answer to this. Omanu, and who is that? Rav Acha Bar Yaakiv. He says that by Shabbos here, it says, That your slave and your maidservant should rest like you. So what we hear the Torah says, So we say, The fact that your maidservant and your slave are like you, that's only regarding resting on Shabbos, but not regarding the comparison that we made to Kalayim from Shabbos, that over there I should say that your maidservant, a person, can't plow together with the ox. No, over there a person could plow together with the ox. Only two animals can plow together.